coming up in this episode. When we got home, I was like, wow, so this this baby, this person is actually going to rely on us for every single thing because he can't move, he can't walk yet. And he actually relies on us for everything. That's like, that's that's a whole new thing. That was the big problem with Web3 is, is accessibility. Yes. Right? And and it was it was so, you know, friction heavy yeah. for anyone who didn't really understand an enormous amount of it. And, and those that didn't understand an enormous amount got screwed over. Now when you start a business, you have a business, but you also have a media company. Whether you mm. like it or not, you need yeah, to yeah. a media company, you need to produce content in one way, one way, shape or form. You have your social media, but you also need to produce content. The Founders Unplugged Podcast. So. George, how are you? Good, man. Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm cool. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a bit flustered. I just come out straight out for a meeting, straight into this. And this is the first first uh, episode uh of this of the new season I, I feel like i'm out of practice i haven't done it for weeks <laughs> so yeah how's things been going with you yeah good man good good um i literally just having a strategy session today and i completely um almost forgot that we have this call <laughs> it's going to be a break from having heavy paperwork on my mind but yeah no i'm, I'm excited oh good good glad to hear it well uh listen the way um the way i like to to kick these things off is um is you know let's get let's get you to introduce yourself to, to the right. listeners and the watchers you right. know tell us about you tell us about um what you're working on sure is it um do you want the long version or the short version hey look man we've got two hours you go you, you go as long or as short as you like <laughs> um yeah no, i'll give a bit of backstory so yeah sure um so i'm george um i say upon junior um, I'm 30 years old now. Wow. Um, forget that. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, um, it creeps up on you, doesn't it? The yeah, it, it really does. Um, so yeah, no, I was, I was born in the UK. Um, parents are from Ghana. I'm from Ghana also. Um, mm -hmm. I lived there for, for a while, um, went to school there for a bit for like five, five years or so. Um, came back here, went through school, etc. Um, my main things that I got from school was mainly IT and business, ironically. Um, mm -hmm. I then had a stint at a football academy for about a month or so. Um, two reasons why I left. Um, one, I didn't want to break my leg. Um, and the second reason was um, I wasn't able to study anything that was actually going to help me in life. Um, so one of the things that that I was um, studying was sports science and no offense to anybody that's doing sports science, but it just wasn't my path. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I left, my mom always told me to make sure I had a backup plan. So I left. Um, I then obviously went to college, done my IT um, diploma and they're called BTEC National Diploma here. So I did that. After that, I didn't get into university. Fun fact is I actually wanted to be a um, aerospace engineer crazy oh, wow. yeah so my mom would tell me that apparently i wanted to do piloting when i was a kid i do remember saying that i'm not sure why i said it but <laughs> um and then yeah i kind of wanted to go into that because i found planes interesting because you know they're flying engines <laughs> yeah, yeah um so i wanted to find that out but didn't have the right maths grades i also failed the maths test because it was like rocket science maths mm. um and that that was not my portion i guess but i did actually get offered an, an apprenticeship after with klm to do piloting as well but i turned it down 
Um, I then obviously done my apprenticeship in IT, got my first role, which which needed me to create a business. At, um, my first role was at Sainsbury Head Office, which kind of kickstarted my IT career. Um, mm-hmm. To be an IT analyst, I had a background um, from my apprenticeship working at a company called Road Business Applications um, of like dealing with EPOS and retailer software. So I had a background in understanding how stores operate and how they operate through their tool systems and the EPOS side of things. It was, it was still quite new. This was like 2012, 2013. So EPOS systems were still like scary, almost like AI <laughs> at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really like self-checkouts, et cetera. So yeah, this was for Sainsbury's. Um, I joined the store side, um, which was kind of helping manage like store shutdowns and liaising with third-party engineers like NCR, OCR, etc. Um, to kind of come in, do you fix this, shut down stores, etc. etc. Um after that I went into I guess a long career, mainly contracts. Um and like I said, I was about I think 18 at the time. I had to set up my own company. Um I had a private business account which was crazy at that age. Um mm. I didn't know how it worked. It was so old school that I had to go into Santander which I'm here to basically um, do a fax to transfer money around. So I had online banking, <laughs> but my online banking was only for me to view my balance. I couldn't yeah. to move it. Um, so yeah, no, very, very good time, very interesting time. My accountants at the time, Churchill Knight, um, they helped me understand everything that I kind of needed to know. They set up the business for me, set up the accounts for me, done all my accounting, like that registered me done everything which was which is pretty cool um helped me a lot because i didn't know what the hell i was doing the only thing i was drawing from was my secondary school business <laughs> that i was using at the time to kind of understand all the different terms that they was using so mm. yeah thanks to my business teacher for that because that helped quite a bit um so yeah no after that yeah so i went into um a stint of doing different roles i done you know i was a consultant i was a project manager um, I still done tech support. I've worked at companies with companies like IBM, um, Nationwide here, which is a bank here, Capgemini, a few other kind of blue chip like companies. Um, my main thing that I enjoyed was actually working with smaller businesses, which is strange because everybody likes big corporate, but I liked the smaller companies. Mm. What I what I learned in smaller companies is they're not a lot less structured, but they're more open to learn more. So you mm. could be the IT person, but you will learn like a different department while you're in IT, if that makes sense. Um, and you just learn a lot more. There's so much like stuff to learn. So that's always been in my mind. I've always gone to a big company um, and then go to a smaller company. But there was another reason. I think the other reason was also a smaller company recognizes your value more um, mm. as well, which is interesting. So a big company may pay you, let's say, 100K. Whereas a small company, if they have the budget, they'll probably pay you 150, 200 plus if they have the budget. So it's always interesting. So I always kind of kept that in mind. And I loved that for some reason. It was just always there in the back of my mind, you know, to, to do that. So, yeah, I guess after 11 years or 10, 10 years or so, um, COVID hit. This was 2019. Um, well, late 2019 i was kind of someone one of the only one of the people not only people one of the people that kind of realized that covid was happening because all the big investors were coming out of stocks i knew something was happening obviously every 10 years or so something happens it was kind of due for something else to happen on that financial landscape so 
I was paying attention to that. I had a contract at the time um, at Queen Street, which is like um, a community building company. Um, I was doing a transformation project there at the time. Um, and basically, um, I kind of saw what was happening. So maybe like, I think it was January. So January or so, my contract ended because the, I think the president of Canada, if I'm not mistaken, the wife of the president caught COVID at one of our centers and they had to basically shut down. They had to um, basically stop um, for a while, close all their sites, um, and then I was let go. So during that time, I done like, some odd stuff, um, and then I started, like, I, I really ramped up my investing. So during that time, um, I had been studying investing maybe since I was, like, in college, I would say, um, first year of college. So that's, like, um, I don't know what that's equivalent to in, in America, but first year of college, you're, like, you come out of school, high school, you're 16, 17, you're going to college for like two years or so. So I started looking at pensions, ISAs, et cetera. So I, asked, I had already started building up like a watch list of companies that I was really interested in, um, that I wanted to buy and buy into and become a shareholder of. So during that time, done that, during, during 2020, I bought a lot of companies. So I bought probably about 200 plus at the time. Oh, I was wow. Engine investing as well, about the engine investing, me and my partner, engine investing, probably about three companies or so. Um, and then we kind of, I spent a lot of money basically during that time, a lot of savings and that, um, just kind of trying to future proof my, I guess, my life basically. Mm. Just, you know, trying new stuff and, and learning a, a, a bit more as well. So, yeah, so during that time, during that year, um, I was just kind of, I was, almost in limbo because, you know, I had 10 years experience in IT, didn't know if I wanted to go back into it or not. Um, I enjoyed the investing side, you know, making, you know, turning one into two, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'd done a lot of like, I'd done some, I'd done a random job, which is actually work at Amazon warehouse for like a month. Um, Cause I was thinking about years prior to that, I went to Turkey to basically look at, um, we also run a hair care business, or my partner runs that business, but I'm, I'm involved, I started that business in 2017 when I started growing my hair. Um, there was no like natural black products, so I looked into creating my own organic um, products that can help myself to so have like a hairspray um, and also like hair oil. So I started looking into that. I went with one of my business partners at the time, went to Turkey to kind of speak to some manufacturers and, you know, looking at, different bottle taps, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of groundwork. So I wanted to work at the Amazon warehouse, mainly because I wanted to learn what a warehouse, how it looks, how, how it works, what the production line looks like, all of that kind of stuff, all the intricacies of it. Got some great experience that I was there for like a month. I left, I then got um, headhunted by a major recycler in the UK called Rap. I was there for about six months or so. Um, I then went back to my odd phase and learn about coffee shops so i went to go and work at costa for like a month or so um two reasons my partner loves coffee i never knew what to talk about when she spoke about coffee and i thought great time because i've never done any of those type of jobs before so i thought great time to go and learn instead of me paying or like you know i can get paid and also learn how to make coffee and we're also looking at starting our own like burger truck um situation because i think for me at the time again in limbo, but also new. I've always known from young, but I've always, you know, always known that I wanted to have that freedom of being able to like really have my time because as 
when you're younger, you don't really think about how a nine to five is affecting your livelihood. Because I had a time where I was working two corporate jobs, um, Monday to Sunday for about three months straight. So I think one was nine to five from the Monday to Friday. The second one um, was I think Saturday 12 to eight. So I was doing that for about three months straight. Um, and then after that, I guess, when I got to this stage in my life, I was like, I want more time. Um, obviously I had my son in 2020, September. Um, and I kind of realized then that, yeah, I want to be, definitely want to be around more. I had a situation where I had a contract, I had an investment bank, a private investment banking firm, and the manager there, the IT, I guess head of IT there, he had a kid and he had to come back two weeks after. And I could see in his face that, you know, he didn't want to be at work. He wanted to be spending time with his kid. So that was kind of in my head as well. So when my kid came, it kind of triggered it for me again. Like, oh, you know, I don't want to be away from my son. I want to be with my family. I want to do stuff. But I still want to earn money. How do I, how do I work that out? So we was just thinking about, we was brainstorming ideas, looking at different things, trying different things. I have a friend that owns, well, someone that I know owned the food truck. So we went to go and look at that, see what that was like. So I had to learn the stuff that I learned that kind of fell through um but what i missed out is in february 2021 we actually bought host up during that time um and that was like something that kind of happened as of me doing the investing stuff thinking about it i started buying websites and apps maybe in 2017 just to kind of figure out what that looks like but i left it i didn't i didn't go back to it i just kind of broke um, broke sats apart took apps apart learned how all of that looks tried some stuff made money online just to kind of see what that looks like but then life got in a way got busy and then forgot about it good thing i did that because obviously when we got host up we bought from an american founder who had the portfolio of about 17 18 cash flowing websites businesses that you know he runs and he was trying to get rid of a few so we got it um and it was like a web hosting affiliate company at the time um so after my stints i think i done my last contract um which was uh well i done two more contracts one at a college and another one at a company that was like a national housing federation so similar to what you guys have in the us with like social housing etc they deal with social housing in the uk um, I'm, I'm in the uk i'm not in the us oh you're in the uk oh, sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We do social housing um, in the, um, here and the lobby, like, you know, the work of government to kind of change laws and policies around that kind of stuff. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. And then, um, but one thing I took from there, which is which is quite interesting, is even though it was on the hostel during that 2021 period, there was a lot of stuff that was happening, which I'll go through anyway in more detail. Mm. The, the last contract that I took, the head of IT there, very intelligent, love the way he done stuff so he um he obviously i guess is more of an ideas person he's still technical but he's more of an ideas person and he knows how to run a team he's got a very good management style around it but he leverages third parties so he has a third party that manages um like wi-fi and i guess the servers etc and also has third parties that do other things so he leverages other people's intelligence so he was the only one there bear in mind so he had a lot of well him and someone else but at some point it was him and then i came on um came on as like assistant admin so 
yeah, he leveraged everybody. And that was very interesting for me, which is kind of how we started. We kind of started figuring out ways to do stuff. So he was very big on cloud, done a big cloud transformation project while we was there. I came in when he already started. There was about 100 plus servers. He chopped them down to about 20 so 20 or so servers. Um, he done a lot of Azure stuff during that time, a lot of AWS stuff, ripping out servers, putting new, putting new hardware in, um, putting new backups and all that kind of stuff. So the whole, I guess, cloud transformation side, I've always enjoyed cloud, um, but he, he brought cloud down to me at a level that I could actually use it and understand it and work with it and really learn how it, how efficient it is because he was really an advocate for putting everything in cloud. Um, and yeah, that kind of that kind of changed my way of thinking. And then I left there in September 2022 now. Um, and that's when I've just gone full time into hostel. So so tell me tell me a bit more about hostel. What what does it do? What, what, what yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, sure. So hostel is a digital growth partner, um, or just a growth partner. Um, we help individuals and businesses, startups, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, et cetera, we help them start building scale. Um, the main reason being is we are able to, if you come to us, what our, what, our, what the host help way looks like is you come to us for your domain hosting, um, then like logo, branding, um, your website, your SEO, and then your email marketing. Those are the steps that we go through. But in addition to that, we also have platforms um, that can help as well. So we've got a cloud storage platform, um, website analytics platform, two SEO platforms that's like for auditing and live reporting. Um, and we also have an, um, a new AI platform that we've recently built, um, which basically helps you again. It's like an AI powered content creator, but content generator, but a bit different from some of the others where we already have pre-coded um, prompts and templates. So if you want um, content for your website, um, content for a blog, content for for your newsletter, et cetera, we've got 50, 54 plus templates I think we have now um, that kind of helps you create content um, holistically as well. And then we also have the chat feature, of course, that everybody loves. We help you transcribe audio, we help you create images, all that good stuff. Basically. Wow, so it's really a very holistic uh, yeah. solution, essentially. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So what kind of businesses are you primarily working with with Hostel? Um, we work, it's funny because we actually are for, I guess, startups, small businesses, et cetera, but we've been having a lot more bigger companies come to us. So we, one of our clients is a um, called Pension Jar. They are actually a pension provider, so like a new right. new style pension provider, like a, I guess almost like a fintech um, business. Um, we have uh, one of our clients is a um, virtual assistant, well, a virtual assistant executive assistant provider. One of them is a brewery, so like quite quite a large range of clients. Mm. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting actually. Yeah, yeah you're doing a lot. 
so i mean thank well first of all thanks for the the intro that was like easily the longest one i've had on one of these but <laughs> but it was but you you've done a lot so it, yeah. it makes sense like yeah. um so so you know a lot of stuff to unpack there of what you've yeah. been up to over the years so, but uh, like one thing stood out you were saying about how you you know you went through a period of buying a lot of different companies um, yeah. host help included like do you still have a portfolio of all you know companies are you still an yeah. active investor and because yes. I, know, I know a lot of people listening obviously would be very interested to get in your yeah. inbox <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely, definitely um so yeah no i've definitely sold sold of sold a bit um I've, I've come out of some companies um i i haven't come out of any of my angel investments though um, right. i've kept them in um i'm gonna just kind of ride the wave of those um but like more the traditional investment, I've come out of some. Some have some have actually have been forced out of because of transformation, selling a company or whatever. We've had and restructuring and stuff. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, buying shares back, all that kind of stuff. So, so you're just you're just sticking with angel investment for now. And so yeah. what's your typical typical sort of ticket size with 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 your investments? Um, we normally go from like ten plus, um, and mainly because we we want to spread as much as we can. Um, we've had conversations now about looking at building like a wholesale fund um, or or our parent group fund where we like maybe put like a million together and just invest into um, new companies, into new founders. Um, we've been thinking about that as well. What what we might do is either we dice it up or we give that one million to one person to do what they need to do. So right. we're thinking about that. That's what we're going to come in the next year or two. That's something that's in the works. But yeah. Definitely. Previously, our our um, tickets hasn't been around ten plus. Um, our biggest investment today is probably in like Berkshire Hathaway or something. I think that was like, yeah, one of our, our larger ones. But that's like a one-off. <laughs> so what? Yeah. So what kind of um, businesses attract you the most when it comes to investment? Like, do you have a particular investment thesis? Do you do you have yeah specific verticals that really speak to you? Or you know, are, are you pretty agnostic when it comes to that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think. In general, I'm pretty agnostic. I want I've I've always wanted to be in every sector. We've achieved that now. So now when I look at businesses, given my own experience, because I hadn't run a startup before or a new business or anything like that. Now I'm looking at founders mainly, um, ones that are proactive. My main thing is looking at someone that even though they're going for investment, even if they don't get that investment, that business will still go, they'll still push and they'll still keep going. That's something that is it's very hard to find because I've spoken to founders that have told me that they need investment, but if they don't get investment in the next six months, their business is finished. To me, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a huge, huge red flag. Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't have a business at that point. For me, like we've never taken investment. We've bootstrapped um, the whole time. We've put our own money in. Um, we've had many offers on the table this year, especially um, we've turned them all down. Um, you know, we really believe in what we're doing. Like that kind of stuff is what is what I look for. I look for the kind of characteristics that we show towards our business. Mm. We look for that from others as well. Yeah, they're like they're like bloody minded determination to make it work no matter what. And like, yeah, no, I agree. Like, and I think this is something that that in in fact investors have a lot to answer for over the last five to ten years of creating this environment where, which has changed recently, but creating this yeah. environment where. You know the the way of creating a business for a lot of uh, first-time founders is thinking oh okay i have an idea and if i get the investment then i can build the idea 
Yeah. And like, while that might be true to a very, very small number of businesses that are like major disruptive businesses where, you know, it does need like a hundred million, five, uh, sorry, a hundred thousand, you know, 500,000 in order to get to a place where it can go to market. For most, you can go with a very, very strapped together MVP, bootstrap, get yeah. some initial revenue, get some initial traction. So if they're relying on any form of investment to even get going and yeah. they're not and they're not gonna and they're just gonna sit on their hands waiting for it to happen, huge red flag because there's yeah. so much they can be doing early on to get yeah, things yeah. moving. You there's know, so I, much, I agree with you hundred percent. There's so much more. I think um one of the things I've noticed is like people don't want to spend their own money, but want you yeah. to spend your money. It's like yeah. that that doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, that's 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 a good it's, it's also because like you know, as an advisor, I speak to a lot of first-time founders who just want to know how do I start generating revenue, how do I get traction? Because of the the feedback they're getting from all investors right now, which like yeah. I said, isn't a bad thing. Even angels are saying we want to see traction, we want to see you, you know, generating revenue, we want to see you know how many customers, and that's good because now it's kicking everyone up the ass, and yeah. now and now they're coming to people like me and saying, How do I do that? And I'm like, Good, yeah. I'm glad you asked. You have to work, you have to yeah. grind. You yeah. have to pick up the phone. You have to knock on doors. You have to get, you know, take people's names and numbers and like, you know what I mean? And like, it's actually getting, and it's separating, I hate to say it, but it's separating the weak from the strong Yeah, in yeah. a lot of ways, of you know? And, and they're like, you know, when people are realizing I'm not cut out for this, it's like, well, then you're not cut out to be a founder. Because even yeah, if you were to have got that money, you would have just pissed away that money yeah. anyway. So like, because if that work still needs to come, even if you get 20K or 200K or whatever, you still would have had to do that work. The difference yeah. is you would have just been able to employ a lot of people to fuck up the work for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But if you can't give them the right direction, then yeah. like, you know, no, no, what's the 100% point? agree. No, I hundred percent agree. I think um, for me, one of the things that I've realized is that without you really going out there and understanding your business, because bootstrapping really helps you to understand your business, helps you oh, understand yeah. the finances. It helps you understand what decisions to make. You know, you'll make mistakes, but those mistakes will hurt you mm. they'll hurt you so much that you'll want to figure out why that mistake happened and you'll never ever want to repeat that mistake again yeah exactly like, you don't learn that from someone giving you 500k and saying you know good luck that that's not going to help anyone plus for me taking an investment i think is not smart unless if the person that's giving you the investment is going to help you figure out what you're doing in terms of what you're going to do with that money I would prefer someone, I would prefer to invest in someone that says they need a million, but they also need someone to help them. And at the same time, they don't want that whole million in one go. They would rather draw it down because mm -hmm. then you get the money in stages. It still kind of gives you that bootstrap mentality because you know that if you mess up this 5K or 10K drawdown, for example, you know that that's not going to come again because yeah. you start. Things like that. There just needs to be different ways of, of some boundaries and, and some, yeah, yeah, some yeah. guidelines. I always say to people that they, they should strive to be shit at something before they can strive to be good at something. Like yeah. that should be the goal. Go yeah. out there and be crap at it. Like because yeah. you will be. So if you put that in your mind already of I'm going to be crap at this thing, that's mm -hmm. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets over that first hurdle because the, the fear yeah. for most people is they're going to be crap and they're not going to be immediately good. But yeah. the reality is that's never how anything works. It's yeah. just it's just about sort of diminishing amounts of of being crap at something and slowly increasing amounts of being good at something. That's yeah, what yeah, it really yeah. comes down to. Mm -hmm. And by the time you're good at it, you won't even recognize it anymore. And no. you know, you'll be you'll be on to the next thing that you'll start being crap at. You know, yeah. it's just removing that fear of you failure know, in the first place, isn't it? Really? I'm moving definitely because when we first when we first got wholesale, the previous founder, you know, done an amazing job. He was making money, everything was good. 
um, we got the business probably like a month or two after our revenue dried up because we wasn't doing what the previous founder was doing. We've invested in that business for about two years plus to only about maybe a couple of months ago where we actually started seeing some revenue that was substantial. And we've been doubling that ever since. Our year-on-year growth looks like 110% plus because of what we've been doing nice. since, you know, we started figuring out where we want to go. Now we're just working on getting more and more super, super, super clear about what we're doing, what we're providing, trying to explain it a lot better. But, you know, learning, doing that process, I never wanted to be a CEO. I didn't really care about that. I was more wanting to be a CTO. That's what I always thought of when I was younger and I was doing IT. That I want to be a CTO because that's just the highest level of IT you can get to. Mm. I kind of fell into this CEO situation because my partner, is more from an advertising account manager and project managing background she wasn't going to run the business um i understand tech to a certain degree so that kind of gives me a bit more edge in that field so we kind of said okay let me just do it and then let's figure it out so i always said that whole stuff is going to be the business that i use to figure out how to start a business from zero and turn it into a blue chip essentially that's my ambition um but yeah like that's i've used it to learn all my like you know we've made mistakes of course you know zero revenue for quite a few a few years is not a joke like, yeah yeah, yeah. and even when i left my corporate job host up was not making even 10 percent or one percent of what my salary was when i left um i had a very comfortable situation i left that to focus on this because i had to make a choice at that point because it's either i focus on host up wholeheartedly or I just leave it and just focus on my corporate career. And I was like, corporate side is not giving me what I need. It's not fulfilling me in life to figure out what I want to do next, you know, and what I want to leave for my family or my kids and kind of really get to the point I want to get to. So I had to leave. Not to say that I couldn't accomplish my dreams of a corporate life. I could, but I want to accomplish it this way because this Mm -hmm. gives me more freedom. Um, you know, it's interesting you said because, and you mentioned that before about your kids and, and the decision that you made there to sort of jump ship because of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people I speak to, that's a big driving force behind why they want to start their own business a lot of the time yeah. is yeah. because, you know, they want that flexibility and they, you know, they, they recognize that their job is just sort of taking more than it's giving and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. um, I, d- I do also think that there's a slight I mean, depending on what people decide to do, there is slightly, sometimes a bit of a, a misconception about what running your own business actually involves because if it can be just as many hours, if not more, it can mm-hmm. be just as you know much of a time and, and money sink and, and yeah, stressful. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's, there's plenty of things that you have to do in running your own business that you don't enjoy. Like, yeah. and, and, and I almost feel like a lot of the time you speak to people who have gone off and run their own business and years down the road, you ask them, like, was it the right decision? And some, sometimes they go, no, man, I should have just stayed where I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, today, today is an example, right? We, um, we it's funny, we, we went to the gym this morning at like, I think six, six something, we left the house, mm. um, went for a session, we came back. It was like, oh yeah, we've got our session today. Everyone's like, oh, it's bank holiday, it's bank holiday, it's bank holiday. It wasn't, it wasn't hitting me until I got home and I realized it's bank holiday. And, and yeah. my partner was like, oh yeah, you know, time to sleep. And I was like, no, we've got our strategy session today. We, we got <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she's Startups like, don't have bank holidays. <laughs> no, you don't. Like, but even it's funny, I spoke to one of my team members today 
I was like, I didn't even want to call him today. And he was like, no, it's fine. I'm working like bank holidays yeah. for the rich. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's, and and so weekends. Like, yeah, 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 literally. Yeah. You, you have to work through it, you know. You yeah. have to. I, I had a client call literally just before we jumped on and uh, with, with, with uh, two, two individuals. And uh, yeah, when it started, they were like, oh, you know, happy bank holiday and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we don't do that, right? And they're like, no, like we've been working oh. all weekend. It's like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. But, but so, so with that in mind then, have you, but do you, have you, come to a like a schedule a way of working that yeah. is what you expected in relation to being able to spend more time with family and stuff like that or, or is it actually a little different than you expected it to be what i will say is i definitely have a bit more time i think that working from home element is is very important that's mm. one although working from home is not always the best yeah but in terms of my son can pull me out and kind of like get me to take a break and then mm. come back. Um, I think that's one thing that I really enjoy. Um, I think what I've because I was so used to Monday to Friday weekend still working. I kind of like I figured out a way to do it. So my 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 days now are structured between nine to twelve a.m. But I take breaks in between. So I have like nine to eleven break at twelve to one. Then I go from one to like maybe eight or so break again and then kind of take it to the to the 12 p.m. phase because obviously during that time I'm doing stuff with my family, but I don't do that every day. I can yeah. say, you know what, Monday I'm gonna go hard. Tuesday I can take a bit more of a break because I also have a team. Money makes things a lot more easier, of course. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and a team, a good team helps a lot. Um so yeah, that that kind of helps as well. But my main thing is I'm able to see my son and do stuff with my family whenever, which is you know is is priceless. And yeah, I agree. As as much as it was hell since like September 2022 till recent, would I do it again? Questionable. <laughs> Everyone says that. Yeah, Everyone definitely says definitely that. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't want to go through what I went through the past year again. That's, yeah. that's yeah, the yeah. Truth because that was like, you know, things like I'm used to being able to do stuff because I had money to do things. Yeah. That's like very restricted at this point, you know. And mm -hmm. well, at that point, and it was just like it. It will play with your head because you know it. One of the things that I realized in this in this building thing is that it really humbled me mm. because I was like, even my partner said it to me at, at some point, she was like, I was so like frivolous of money at times, whereas like I'll spend and I won't think about it because I know I'm gonna, you know, keep making more. Um with with what I went through, it kind of it's take it's taught me a lot of life lessons because mm. I couldn't, I can't live like that anymore. I've had to really be a lot more frugal. Um and it, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but doing yeah, especially you've got a, now a team of people that whose livelihoods rely on you making yeah. the business successful. It's not just you and your family it's, now; it's other yeah. people's families, which is a whole other set of responsibilities that I don't think anyone talks about when it comes to the oh. idea of running your own business and the, the pressure that that can put on people is quite yeah. substantial. Yeah, it's not a, it's not it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a small thing. But it's yeah. funny you mentioned that about like you know, would you do it again? Like the theme of the the, the first season of this uh, podcast was like there mm. seems to be two things that always come up um, in in most conversations, which was this idea of balance always come up, mm -hmm. and this idea of um, of ignorance is bliss. Right? Yeah, 
Meaning that like if you if you knew what was coming, you wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> you probably wouldn't have done it. But like yeah. you've got to you've got to go, you know, just do it blindly. You know, sometimes oh, there's yeah. something something to be said for, you know, not listening to what other people say, mm-hmm. you know, and how difficult it's gonna be and just finding out by yourself. I think yeah. listening to advice as to how to make it easier or mm-hmm. listening to advice to not make mistakes is one thing. But like mm-hmm. if people say don't do it, it's difficult, it's hard work. Ignore them because you otherwise you you won't take the big risk to pay off. Yeah, yeah, you never do. That. It's funny because you know I said to my partner because what what led to us we actually had to leave the country so we left the UK we went to live in France for a bit. Oh nice. Because of our families from South France area, so we went to the mm-hmm. Alps and, and and really went there um, for for a little while. I said, yeah, we're only gonna go for six months. You know? We're gonna do it. This is gonna thrive. Like you know, I had all these big ideas. Six months went past. And then at some point, I remember somebody asking me, oh, how long have you been out there for now? And I was like, oh, we've only been there since September. So, so they're like, oh, like eight, nine months. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> been here almost double the time that I thought was, I thought six months. Because everyone said, you know, six months, so straight focus, you know, you do this. I was like, oh, yeah, so six months. Okay, I'm aiming that by this time in March, we're going to be great. Like, you know, the business is going to be moving. Oh, mate. <laughs> nowhere near nowhere near it took double that time yeah when, do you get what i'm saying but but yeah. the thing but i assume you were in a financial position where you, while you were being frugal you were at least able to take that that risk right no, I, was no? not, I was not um were you not able to cash out some of your investments to to help help with that I, I did. I had to at some point. Yeah. I had to at some point, definitely. I, I was trying to, that was, that was like my last resort. So, so I, had, right. I had cash. My partner had cash. Um, obviously, he was running. Um, we still had other stuff that was bringing in cash flow, but just not what I was used to. That right, was right. nowhere near what I was used to. I'd have times where it's like, <laughs> what's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not what I was used to. I, it got to a point where, because I've got two investment accounts. I've got one that's for retire, retirement that I can't touch. That's I can't touch that till I'm about 55, 57 or something. Um, but I've got another one, the smaller one, that is like I can touch that whenever. Um, and I, was, I remember looking at one day and I was like, you know, like if you look at something and do it, sometimes it's like it's harder. I had to make up the, the thought in my mind. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to take this out. Even though I don't want to, I'm gonna to have to do it and just that's it. Like I can't do anything else because it's actually very tight right now. So I had to bear in mind, you know, I've got how's my son was two, just not two then in September. I mean mm-hmm. and that was like it was very difficult. <laughs> like, I, I can't I, I can't even explain how difficult it was. I went through every emotion during that time. The only thing I didn't do was cry, but I went through every single emotion. So mm. yeah, it's not. It's but not, you didn't give up, and that's that's the, I that's the most difficult thing. Yeah, that, that's I, I actually couldn't because for me it felt like I one of the things I probably hated the most is that I didn't want to fail, mm. um, and I wanted to prove to myself that I can do it. Um, I've definitely proved that now. Like, but even though I've still got more to prove, but I've proved that I can do it, and that was that's in itself is very rewarding. Yeah. I was not gonna stop, even even if I had to go another year of going through it, I would have kept on because I, there's no way I would have figured out a way to make it work. Like because I like solutions. If mm-hmm. it didn't work, going back to corporate would have been <laughs> would have been the next thing to do. And <laughs> didn't wanna that I'll just be wait, I'd have wasted my time. I'd have went to France and done all that stuff for no reason. It mm-hmm. couldn't work. Yeah. 
luckily. So, so aside from the sort of financial side of things, what would you say yeah. were some of the, the sort of biggest biggest roadblockers you came across, the biggest struggles that you encountered that were maybe unexpected when you first sort of set out? Um, um oh, what? acquiring acquiring customers or clients is probably one of was one of the hardest things because when we first so we basically done two things in like 2022 where we got our first platform we launched our first platform which was the seo studio um and we thought okay this platform is going to bring us that people are going to come on our prices are great you know it's all going to happen people came on just didn't do what we was expecting it to do um so there was that so that was like almost a disappointment but not a disappointment um we then launched our hosting platform which was a big one for us that was like a game changer for us um but our prices are extremely affordable and obviously like that's what we are about we're helping small businesses like ourselves that when we started we didn't have the funds to really pay out and do all that stuff but we're still given enterprise grade level so that was a game changer for us we launched that first month we bought on about 30 plus websites that was great it was amazing didn't bring on any, any more sites probably a drip feed but we never had a month like that again for a while um so that's when in september i started focusing a bit more acquiring customers was that was one of the the hardest roadblocks for me um i bought on a business development manager maybe in two in not tuesday february or march um and that was a game changer for us but even so the way he does it he's got like 22 plus thousand contacts that our business owners had really high level um people and one of the hardest things for me there was i was expecting to make sales every single call that i was on mm. but that was not happening because people one of my one of our board members, um, Kevin Jackson, he always said to me that people buy from who they know. Mm. Um, and obviously I'm going into these sales calls blind. Yes, they know Paul, but they don't know me. Yeah. So I'm having a conversation with them. I was getting frustrated at some point. I almost, almost he doesn't know, but I almost canceled it. I was like, forget this. We're not doing that no more because it's not working. But he always told me to make sure that um, I shouldn't go with that mentality. I should always think about how I can help them you know yeah. um, learn a bit more about them provide value etc etc and you know that helped us that actually helped us build like a seven-figure pipeline through Paul and through the people that he knows through conversations you know I met some amazing people they you know referrals etc that that really helped but that acquiring I didn't realize how big that was because it was because for the first two years plus we was mainly building out our infrastructure our foundation so we never really focused on the client acquisition strategy mm. which was yeah. in the beginning but we never yeah. really it's like that was yeah yeah we're going to get customers we're going to get clients it's going to be great it's going to be great like it's always at the back of our minds but we was just building and luckily also i had the job and things like that but once my job was once i let my job go and i realized that this business actually needs to make money because i don't have i have other forms of revenue but this is my main thing that I'm working on. So mm -hmm. other forms of revenue are great, but this is my job. So if I don't make any money from this, then I'm wasting a lot of time because 100% of my time is going into this day in, day out. Something I'm, I'm awake all day, 24, 24 hours I'm awake, the whole day working on this, Monday to Sunday, for example, I'm not making any money. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. 
so then i had to start thinking how can we acquire customers what's the way of us doing this you know and yeah one of the game changers for us at that point was getting our email marketing strategy up and running that okay. was a blind a blind thing that we didn't think was gonna i i read an article by someone i can't remember what his name is i really wish i could remember so i could actually shout him out because that was a very good article it was on email marketing how we built a 10k a month um a 10k a month revenue from email marketing while he had a job and i was like wow that's crazy mm. so i looked into it read his article after i read his article i was like that's it that's what we're doing we need to do that we have to because he's his email marketing is not just selling products it's getting sponsorships and that was the game changer because normally you sell products you get a list you know list building is easy you get a list a prospect list you'll upload it just power and send emails but that was old school when email first started now you have to look at different ways of, of doing that and sponsor yeah they have to hold value otherwise people just unsubscribe and it's just spam right we exactly. don't need more spam in our lives no we don't so yeah that was that was a game changer for us and that actually enabled me enabled me to start figuring out ways to engage clients and i didn't realize that it was teaching me that at the time because i had to speak to some big brands we we started out email marketing, I think in the first month we we worked with clients like Masterworks, Blinkist. And I was like, this is crazy. Like we're mm. like this tiny company that is barely making any revenue. And we're now speaking to some giants and they're paying us to build our email list. This is mad. Like, and then that actually kickstarted like that. Yeah, we've had a great year since that, to be honest with you. Mm. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting you you mentioned about um yeah, client acquisition being something that maybe was thought about a bit too late <laughs> in the average yeah. strategy. Because that, that, you know, when when a product or an offer, a service is the passion, like that isn't something you think about. You just assume no. oh, people, people will come. You build it and yeah, they yeah. will come, right? Yeah. It's like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, the, the world is so noisy. The internet is so noisy. No one's going to find you. Like you yeah. need to shout about it and, yeah. and, and have a, a very clear process as to how you're going to bring people on how you're going to onboard them how you're going to talk yeah. to them about it you know and yeah. that's something that yeah if like you say it takes months to figure out so it's <laughs> like you know if you think oh well we'll start we'll start doing it tomorrow and then we'll start we'll start getting our first customers the following month no nah, mate like it's we're gonna still, be months <laughs> we're still doing that now we're right yeah it's constantly yeah it needs to constantly new. evolve and change sure. exactly. yeah and one thing one thing you realize is one one someone um that i've done like a seminar with um Grant LeBoff, he's like a, a genius marketer. He was like, no one really has a USP. Like everyone thinks they have a USP, but they really don't because it's your brand that makes you unique and distinguishable. Mm. And that was a game changer for me because everybody always says to me, what's your USP? What's your USP? What's your USP? And I'm like, well, everybody does hosting. Everyone yeah. does domains. You know, what is our USP about using what he mentioned in terms of that brand architecture, looking at your, your ethos, what's your value proposition, what's, you know, what's your driver, things like that. You start to build something that's really unique. Your brand then starts carrying that weight of what makes you unique in the market. Why should I come to you? You can answer that question a lot more easier. So the thing, yeah. my product is the best, it's, you know, it's the unique, you know, everything's like, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everyone does it. Did you ever watch um, The American Office? No. Okay. <laughs> so th this will be a reference that you might not uh, get then, but like, I, I suggest watching it because it's funny. Is but, it um, one with the... Um, Steve Carell. Yeah. It's and, just called uh, Office, right? It's just called Office. Yeah, yeah, The Office. Yeah, 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 I've watched, watched, yeah. watched bits of... Yeah, the, yeah. The, the UK ones with Ricky Gervais, but yeah. 
Um, yeah, there, there's a, an episode, I can't remember which one it is, but there's an episode where basically, because it's about an office, a paper company, and there's a couple of salespeople, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, go, yeah. they go and meet a client, and they, they, they the client's gone with their competitor, and they sit down, and they, they have this, like, this unwritten, they don't even talk about it, they just do this whole thing, where um, the, the two salespeople go in, sit in the office, one of them starts talking about, you know, like, look, oh, we understand you went with this other competitor, that they can do better pricing, and meanwhile, the other guy, he's acting really weird, and kind of distracting the, the the ceo because he's he picks up and he's like can i use your phone quickly he picks up the phone and he dials and he just puts the phone down and he's just waiting like that and he's just checking that phone and he's like what is this guy doing he's like oh um i'm currently trying to ring the customer service of the company that you've just signed a contract with, with and i've been on hold this entire conversation but for our customer service team he like whips out the phone ring ring puts it on speaker hello connected straight away so like, oh hi just checking in and he's like so that is the kind of service you get with us Mm. and he's like oh i get it okay yeah i get what you're saying i'll i'll sign with you and the reason why i mention that is because it's like that the usp is isn't like you said it's like it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're different like these these companies in this show right in this fake show were just yeah. they're both providing paper <laughs> right? that's all they're doing like and, yeah. one, and he went with the one that was cheaper but crappy customer service is like the, what was what was special about it to your point is brand right it yeah. was how they treat their customers it's the, the experience it's mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff that's what makes you stand out yeah, yeah you know definitely. like that and yeah so i don't know so a bit of a random example but no, like, no. it just made me think of that very good example yeah no it's true yeah. very true very true so, yeah but so um so what's uh what's next for for you in the in the business where where is it going what what's the plans like you you you've got quite a lot of like we've already talked about quite a lot of your your offering now so like what what's uh yeah where's it going where, where's what's the big big plan i think for us you know um what was very important on our journey is having a reputable source that is able to help you and guide you along your journey um right. and we are really trying to be for our target audience where as soon as you think about starting a business you think hostel like you, uh, online business or or just the business in general you think i want to go to hostel after you've registered your business you go to hostel because you get your domains your hosting from us you get your branding your website everything from us it's that one-stop journey and you'll just grow and you know our thing is start build scale that's mm. that's our model so we want to help businesses do that and i think for us, once we really want to become a staple, um, you know, top of mind, always thinking about how we can do better for, for our customers, for our clients and, and whatnot. And we just want to support our community. We want to support the startup community, the small business community, because they are underserved. You know, yeah. um, you don't start your business and think I'm going to go to Microsoft because I'm going to go and spend how much thousands on their license. <laughs> you don't think that. Yeah. You think, what can I do? You know, as much as you, not, you don't want to cut corners, but you want something that is cost effective for your budget because you don't have a hundred grand budget to spend on all of these services. You need to be able to start with somebody that can help you build gradually or, or build fast, whichever, whichever um, angle you're in. We want to be able to do that we want to handhold we want to help we want to partner with we want to make sure that that community is served because if you think about if you start your business there's so much noise about who to go to for marketing for pr for a website for all that stuff it's all confusing mm -hmm. we just want to make that process simple you know um we that, know that rings so true to me i mean that that's really a lot of my motivation behind what i do and why i do it and and yeah the big driving the the, the the thing that i always imagine and i've imagined this for a few years now is like some guy or some girl sat somewhere 
in like a one bed apartment, barely able to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And they've got an amazing business idea. They're like the next Elon Musk. And the world doesn't get to find out about this person because either they can't afford the advice, they can't afford the services, or it's just like you said, so confusing. Every book that you pick up, every podcast that you listen to, you know, everything has conflicting advice and Mm -hmm. conflict, you know, it's just there's a million different ways you can you can skin the same cat. And it's overwhelming. Yeah, and it's it paralyzing for someone who's just got a great idea. Yeah, they just need someone to just go. This is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. make it affordable. Like, okay, you know, that's why I do the pay as you scale thing because it's like I don't need you to pay me a hundred grand up front. Pay me a hundred grand when you're turning over ten million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, then you won't think about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because if actually what you need right now isn't the same level of of advice or that's services true. you're going to need then, so why yeah. should the price be the same? regardless of the service so uh, it's really admirable that you want to help those those individuals because i think they're the most underserved in some ways because there's so much information about how to start a business it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming it's too much you just need people who have been there who have done that to just break it down simply be like don't worry about all that shit let's just you know one step at a time this is the first step yeah you know so I, i admire that and we need more people like you and, and and more companies like yours to oh, to do that how, how are you are you doing like you talked about the community like what what's um what are you doing if anything to kind of get in front of of, of budding entrepreneurs and, yeah. and, and, and things like that are you, have you got a sort of strategy there that you're executing yeah we've got we've got a few um i think um so this year we're going to be at the business show um god willing um we've we've signed the contract to, to be on board so that's one way that we want to you know speak to new people because we went there last year um and we spoke to a lot of different people and you know we saw a lot of young entrepreneurs therefore you know this is a great format um we're looking at also we've got an email marketing strategy you know mm. still trying to speak to our prospective market um we're also doing a lot of outreach where you know people are stopping out the phones calling out find out what's going on and we're, we're now looking at ways of producing content um, that's going to go on YouTube and to the different places where our, our target audience are. Um, we're looking at obviously networking events, things like that. So, which is a great place to be. So, we're going to have people going to these events, networking, having conversations with new businesses, startups, etc. Um, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to. So you'll notice we're not talking about billboards and things like that yet. Yeah, yeah. What we're trying to do is this is a very organic market we've been able to build organically with no ads or anything like that for a long time now so we just want to keep building organically because what we don't want to do is plaster everywhere with ads where nobody knows who we are i feel like that's for a later later time that will yeah happen. i agree yeah but now you know we're doing we still got a lot of groundwork to do we need to what what somebody said to me and what grant said to me when we was doing a session is that if I put a hundred of your um, your target audience in this room right now, would they know who you are? And I was like, no. Mm. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to spend a lot of time with our target audience so that they know who we are, so that we're there to help when they're ready, you know, for us to help. So that's where the line of uh, between sales and marketing really gets blurred, doesn't it? Like you talked about, you know, like your your marketing email technique. I mean, I would say that all of what you've been doing is is more sales than anything else. Like yeah. it's 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 doing the work. It's boots on the ground. It's like mm-hmm. you know, like you said, ads and stuff like that's marketing. That's that's just making people aware of you. But you're yeah. by by doing sales, you you have the the, the added effect of you know if people aren't in a position to buy from you that well then then they now know who you are and so 
but, but actually doing the sales groundwork a lot of a lot of you know businesses when they first set out that i how do i market my business i'm like no 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 no, no. that's the wrong mentality to have you should be talking yeah. about how do i sell my 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 product like because yeah, yeah. you know marketing itself is so time consuming and expensive like yeah. compared to actual sales so it's good yeah. that you're just going out there boots on the ground you know knocking down you know doors and and speaking to people directly because then you, you have the face of the company i.e you yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the other and your other representatives actually there as opposed to an ad which people can read into however they want right yeah and, no, I, and I suppose would you even know where to start with how to put an ad together now like you maybe still in some ways are formulating how you want to present yourself and so yeah, exactly. actually all that feedback from the community and your existing customers yeah, is going to inform yeah. that right yeah very important and even like so one thing that that kind of like changed my my way of thinking about marketing and sales is um when so again grant put put something in front of me he was that marketing is brand to person communication that's what you're mentioning so like your website and you know wherever people see your brand and that sales is person to person communication yeah, yeah so you know we don't force sell anything we just tell you what we are doing mm. and then if that resonates with you then let's have a further conversation about it you yeah know what I'm yeah I've never wanted somebody to buy from us from a position of fear, where it's like, you know, um, we're pressuring them to buy. So, you know, they, they definitely, no, we don't want to do it that. It doesn't work in this day and age. No. I mean, like, you know, otherwise people make purchasing decisions based, like you said, on fear or just because they feel like manipulation or whatever it might be. No, and that's never a good way to start a relationship. It's not no. an ongoing relationship then, is no. it? And, and we're dealing in an age now where you generally, when you're purchasing like you know a SaaS product or, or any kind of these are services that are ongoing. Yeah. You know, and so yep. there needs to be a long-term level of trust there. Hundred percent. Otherwise, you know, it's it's not like you're making a one-time purchase like a car where someone can twist your arm and make yeah, you yeah, think yeah, that exactly. make you think if you don't get this car, no, you know, you're not going to get any of the chicks. Like no. you know, yeah. and then you're driving away, going, wait a minute, I didn't need to buy this car. What have I done? Like, exactly. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's yeah. not like that anymore. You know. No, for, you know, and for us, we try to offer and especially with our products we all have they all have free comprehensive packages so right. for example our email marketing platform gives you up to 200 um, 2500 subscribers and you get 5000 sending credits so you can spend that as, as much as you want as you would know yourself if you wanted to get 5000 email credits you would have to pay you know mm. we we because of how we have come up we understand how hard it is to come up. Yeah. And one of our things is we're trying to reduce costs, so reduce your overheads, um, and trying to look at ways that you can effectively do things without you having to spend too much, which is essentially the same thing. But you know, because overheads is something that's killing a lot of businesses because oh, yeah. without without enough capital to cover overheads that staffing, etc., you're gonna find it hard. And without staffing, you're going to find it even more hard because you now have to do everything which you might not be skilled to do. You know, yeah. you might be skilled in one part of your business, but you're having to do like a hundred jobs, which should be really dedicated to other people, but you don't have the money to do that. So we're just trying to try to make it easier for you, especially on the digital side. We're trying to make things easier for you, you know, um, reducing your infrastructure costs, reducing your marketing costs, getting you out there things like seo we start from like 199 pounds which is again you would know that that's very cheap mm. you know, to get backlinks i've spoken to companies that are charging 2000 plus just for backlinks alone that's not even doing anything else whereas in our package 
We do on-page, we do some off-page stuff, which is the backlinks, we do guest posting, we optimize your site, things like that. We've tried to really think from that standpoint of where we started. Mm -hmm. And then now... What is it you would have wanted then, basically? Exactly. So yeah. now, and obviously now through speaking to clients, so even when I speak to new people, um, new businesses or like new potential clients, I'm not always looking to make a sell. I would love to make a sell because that helps our business grow. But I'm really trying to find out what they're struggling with. So, you know, what aspects of your journey is it, you know, are you having issues with your website? Are you having issues with your marketing? Are you having, what are you having issues with? Okay, cool. This is X, Y, and Z. We do a lot of stuff for free, even in that consultation process. Mm -hmm. We try to provide as much information. We build strategies for people, things like that. We don't do it just for money, which again, money keeps the lights on, but we are a value first approach. That's what we have to be because, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not easy. It's it's a it's a great approach to consultative sales too because I think one of the, the 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 biggest pitfalls a lot of people make when it comes to consultative sales is that it's like like you said you could be falling in that trap of you know you want to okay so tell me about your pain points tell me what you do and then you sort of then you pitch back right okay well this is what we can do yeah, yeah. and and if you lean too heavily into that in trying to get the sale as a result of that conversation mm -hmm. I mean it reeks desperation. But more more importantly, the, the the power balance in the conversation, the interaction has shifted. That person feels like they're in charge, of, in you know, to some degree, yeah. because you're you're kind of begging them. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, so you've asked these qualifying questions because you've got them on a checklist, right? And you're going through them, and then you're and then you're telling me and you're pitching me, and then you want the sale, and yeah. that doesn't feel that's not conducive to how mm -hmm. a relationship. It's not natural. Yes. A natural conversation is an equal balance of power in the conversation. Yep. And so if anything, like you said, it's, a, you know, just to pick apart, you know, kind of your approach, I think from what you're describing is mm -hmm. you're just basically saying, tell me what you're experiencing because a, I'm genuinely interested and B, yep. I might have some actual advice that can help beyond just the product we're offering. Yeah. yeah. Um, and see our products might be a good fit for you, but more importantly, are you a good fit for our product? Exactly. And then suddenly that's a very even playing field. It's like, yeah. you know, we're, you know, could we work together, mm -hmm. you know, according to are the stars aligned as opposed to would you choose us, please, sir? Will you choose? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. It's and a very I'm... different dynamic. And suddenly there's a lot more respect there and people feel more at ease. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they'll, either, they'll either walk away from that conversation going, you know, no or yes. Like, you know, but yeah. more importantly, in some ways, I'd imagine you might even turn around and say, actually, by the sounds of it, there's probably other things yeah, you can do. We're not right for you. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that's and that's what you should very do. Important. Yeah, it's very yeah. important. I think um, most businesses end up getting, like, bad reviews and things like that because of that pushy nature. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I learned this Well, it's because they think thing. every single time they're on a call, they have to make a sale, otherwise it's wasting yeah. their time. So, no, every single call you have, you're learning something. Yeah. And it's an opportunity to build a relationship. That's the yeah. what you get out of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember um, I had one of the hardest jobs when I was younger um, as a sales representative for a company that was trying to get people back to BT. That was like right. hardest thing ever because people Jesus. have left BT for a reason. For I mean, a reason, yeah. Every single person. That's and that was that was a very interesting um, time for me because that kind of taught me that you know people are proud to pay for things that they want to pay for. So if I for me, for example, when I've used products, I get an idea of, um, oh, wow, this is really good. I'm happy. I don't think about the price. I just want to pay. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's kind of where I think of when I think about creating things and doing things that people actually want to do. 
Yeah, because you, you, the value you assign to the things that we pay for isn't based on money. It's based on does it save me time? Does it entertain me? Does it make me laugh? Does it exactly. make me more money? It's like that's how we perceive things. Like I always use yeah. the Netflix subscription as an example yeah. of that. Of yeah. like you know the value of Netflix is is way more than fifteen pound ninety nine for me and my family a month. Like yeah. it's way more than that. It's like yeah. you know a, a cost of a ticket in the cinema is you know is you know way more than that you know for one movie so and there's infinite movies there it's like so yeah. my my looking at that on my bank statement every month isn't like oh that's 15.99 or whatever it is it's like yeah. you know that is family entertainment that's yeah. uh you know able to entertain my child while i'm working yeah. that's yeah. You know, whatever it is you know that's laughs that's happiness that's sadness it's storytelling yeah. like that's that's the value that's intrinsically in our heads isn't it it's very different yeah. yeah no i think i think that that piece there is 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 very important i mean i remember i learned that proud to pay model from um, nipsey hustle that passed away r.i.p but he was always saying that because he he had a mixtape that was like a hundred dollars um and which is crazy because people was only buying i think people weren't even buying mixtapes which is mad so mm. he people wanted this stuff he made sure that he would provide an extra value to the point of people was you know there was proud to pay that's the truth like you have yeah. to be happy to pay for stuff and i always use that example whenever we're you know have a meeting and talking about how we're gonna um grow the business and things like that i want people to be you know it's a no-brainer for them they they just want to you know they want to pay they want to start they want to do stuff they want to work with us and our team is so dedicated to helping that's at, at our core is helping because yeah. we understand what you're going through. We understand how we can help. This is how we can help and what we're going to do to make sure. And it's a very transparent process. We don't hide anything. We're not, there's no hidden charges. We say everything up front. If there's yeah. going to be another charge in the future, you will know. Like we, there's no, yeah. yeah. But music's a really interesting one to bring up because like, you know, music elicits feelings in people right mm -hmm. and, and and obviously since the dawn of like napster and streaming and all that kind of stuff yeah you know music struggled to make money but like yeah. i don't know i'm assuming you you're, you you might be into music based on that comment but like mm -hmm. you know i don't know about you but for me at least i will be happy to pay for someone's music yeah because i the feeling that they as an artist give me and yeah. they say something to me. The reason why so many people in the music industry are complaining about the fact that music doesn't make any money anymore is because mm. most of the music's shit. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm. So like the, the connection there is is lost with yeah. a lot of pop music. You know, there's even been some studies on pop music recently about how um like harmonically and um you know structurally music has basically all become the same. Yeah, like it's homogenized. If you listen mm -hmm. to pop music it, over the last fifty years or so, it's the the, yeah, even like the compression um, put on music is is crushing. There's the, the harmonies. There's no real sort of new sounds occurring. Yeah. It's all become the same. But then yeah. if you go to indie music or underground music, there's a difference there. And like you said, people are buying mixtapes. People are buying like you know indie pressed vinyls. Yeah, and stuff like that because they care. They they, yeah. they resonate with the artists. Like I've just got really into an artist called Rent for example mm -hmm. I, I shout about him all the time because if mm -hmm. you you once you start listening to his stuff a you want to listen to his entire discography because he's amazing yeah but b like he he's focused on building a community with yep. like actual messages you know like hip-hop when it used to have a message mm -hmm. not not because of you know it was just you know about jumping up and down and you know no. not really thinking about the lyrics exactly like that that's when people are willing to pay 50 quid 100 yep. quid for an yeah, original yeah. vinyl that's original true. artwork and yeah you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. where it needs to come back to. No, like, it's an experience, definitely. It's, yeah. it's it's funny because we we built like we built artists websites and things like that. And when 
we're fortunate one of our project managers um comes from the music industry as well and entertainment right. industry, and he, he understands all that stuff and obviously he's run businesses before so he also understands um, successful ones as well so he understands how, how that works we're very fortunate so when we build like artists websites we always build with you know with with their target audience in mind which is different because most people just build and say you know we're going to build a site we're going to put your music on there and, and that's it we'll see mm-hmm. there whereas we really think about what that journey looks like you know you want the want your fans to come on there or potential fans to come on there view your stuff look at what the different interests are that you know that they might be interested in your know, different stuff that you got going on your media your press all that stuff they want to know more they want to learn more about you that's, yeah. that's the personal side of things and even if we look at business as well the new businesses or the new way of doing business is building that community yeah it's really going out to your community understanding your community building that and then they get excited about what you do they then also go out and let our people know about what you do and it's just really building that personal connection because business is just business is one thing organization is is another thing and a company is another thing where it's a sense that it's just a group of people yeah so it's a group of people that have come together to organize something that is a vehicle to make money that's all it is so that vehicle that makes money takes care of the team um, and it takes care of whatever else that is needed, the cost of providing whatever they're providing. But the core of that business is the people that buy into the business mm. because all your clients, et cetera, they're all your investors. That's how you have to see it. You can't see it as a customer's is no, your customer. It's not an us versus them. It's the collaborative, exactly. uh, collaborative. Like ecosystem. It's, it's funny because I think the gaming industry has had this right for a really long time. Like, yeah, it's going, I don't know if you follow much through the gaming. I try and follow as many industries as possible, but like the, the gaming industry, yeah, it's got its problems now, but it's 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 done this right for many, many, many years where, you know, it was you know, this idea of, you know, like having a closed alpha, an open alpha, a closed beta, open beta, and mm-hmm. getting people to come in and test and mm-hmm. building Discord servers and, you know, mm-hmm. asking people for feedback and, yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. And now you're yeah, finally yeah. seeing that more and more, like we're doing that for example with my uh, SaaS startup you yeah. know you're seeing that more and more happen now as a standard uh go-to-market or commercial strategy and it's a beautiful one because it means first of all the products are being built or the companies are being built by the community yeah for, and what they want is, yeah. is number one or should be number 100%. one priority but exactly. then of course you've got a built-in um you know massive buyers ready for when you do yeah. actually start selling it they're ready yeah. and they they have ownership over it because exactly. they help shape it and it's like it's a no-brainer if it works for gaming you know why doesn't it work for other businesses no it's very you true. know I mean, really, and they do it with movies even you know they do yeah. test screenings yeah and then they and then they do reshoots you know like yeah. and they, they often get that wrong but like that's that's a whole other issue but yeah. you know like find out what people want before no, you make something right yeah 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 <laughs> definitely build 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 of build of the end of mind almost but exactly. I, you know for us we've always built platforms and the platforms that we've built have always been like beta more because i generally want to find out you know what people think about what and even with the, the new ai tool that we've launched i said you know we're going to do it unlimited free for now um we're going to have packages later but i genuinely just want feedback what do you think yeah. because there's so much ai tools out there is this actually something that you can use that you find helpful and people are saying yeah if the if everyone said no the shutdown we wouldn't have launched it anymore yeah and more importantly would yeah. you pay for it and if you would how much would you pay for it that's a question a lot of people forget to ask yeah, yeah like yeah. you can you know a lot of time people are sat there trying to figure out oh you know so meetings and meetings about pricing and about you know all that it's like just ask 
yeah, find yeah, out yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, how, sure. how valuable it is, especially with something like AI, when there's so many tools out there for AI right now, like you said, yeah. that, you know, it's very easy to rack up, you know, so many subscriptions. It's like a bit like the whole Netflix thing. You know, you can yeah. have a subscription for Netflix, for Disney Plus, for this, this and this. On, it's like, which one is the one that people don't count to at the moment? Netflix, because it's the one that consistently adds value. That's yeah. like chat and GPT or, yeah. or mid journey right now. Yeah. All these other ones are popping up and it's like, well, do I really want to pay for another one? Yeah. Well, then ask them, find out what what is needed mm -hmm. in, in this in our offering for yeah. you to add this to your billing every month, you know, yeah. along with ChatGPT and Midjourney and whatever else you're buying. You know, that's, and that's they're, they're all free. <laughs> so right, exactly. Well, well, the the, the Midjourney and ChatGPT, if you want the to use them for long term, you have to pay for them, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, that's that. That's that. Yeah. Yeah, mid journey especially. Like I've, I'm denied about paying for that. I'm not sure. I don't think I'd use it enough to warrant it. But like, yeah, <laughs> it's cool. I mean, for for with that with that specific tool, when when we built it, it was more about there's this whole thing about prompts and mm. people don't really know what prompts to use and you know, especially as because I've worked with companies that haven't had a marketing department and their department that was maybe doing some stuff on Twitter is now having to do stuff on Canva and they're having to do mm -hmm. stuff on um, on creating content and things like that. And it's like, they're not really for that. They might just not use their own social media. Now they have to do company stuff. Now they're trying to figure out blogs and things like that. They're trying to figure mm -hmm. out SEO. So I've had to like coach teams on how to do that. And I just thought, you know what? Let me just put all the stuff that's in my head onto this platform, give it to people, and then you know, they can use it and it might be useful. Because, for example, when we build sites, um, we have a content package, which is like an unlimited content package where we create all the content for your site. It's a monthly package because depending on how long it takes, we might need to, you know, you might need to go and do another month because you might need some more content. Da, da, da. So I thought, you know what, we're charging people for this, which is great. But if we had this platform, more people could use it and it could probably be, a case where we're not just for for websites that we build, but for their own sites that they already have, they could also like I'm thinking about different ways that people can use it because mm. that's how I would think if I was using it. Chat GPT is great, um, but I have to literally put everything in myself. Yeah, it's going to give me suggestions, but I mean, come on, no one no one cares about yeah. that. I just want to go and click on this. Okay, I want a newsletter. Boom, subject line description. Write me something. That's what mm. I want. I don't want to now write. I want a newsletter that says da, 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 and that's long. I just want to, you know, create it, send it off, and yeah, be on my way. So is it is it like um, going to be based on a specific database that you're you're training the model on, like of of uh, you know a knowledge base written in specific to that company or specific to your company? Like how how is it you're approaching it? So we're using the, the backend of OpenAI, of course. Um, yeah. But we all, we do also have like a learning aspect in there, machine learning aspect in there that looks at the different patterns, looks at the data, looks at ways that we can improve it. Um, we're going to keep kind of working on new prompts, new templates, see what people are asking. Um, we're able to obviously kind of see the back and what people are asking, what kind of responses we're giving, looking at improving that, looking at creating more templates around what people are asking if there's anything that we're missing and so that's just going to keep growing yeah, yeah. Side and, and, and really building that out and just making it easier for people to create content because content is going to be something that is going to be so big at some point that people need to be able to keep pumping out more content and again something that that i've heard recently is 
now when you start a business, you have a business, but you also have a media company. Whether you mm -hmm. like it or not, you yeah, yeah. media company. You need to produce content in one way, one way, shape, or form. You have your social media, but you also need to produce content. Yeah, run away from that. So whether you like it or not, you have a media business as well. So you have to also think with with that in mind. So yeah, which is so, which is just so overwhelming, like mm -hmm. isn't it? Like you know, really? going back to what we said about making it simple for people and yeah. you know, why your business is this, why my business is this. like that's yeah. so that's such an overwhelming concept to get your head around. Because like you know, when you said about at the beginning about your journey and how you know you you work with an accountant and they told you about what to do, like. Yeah. There's so much to learn <laughs> in the yeah. process of running your own business, right down yeah. from like how to register on on yeah. company's house to yeah. like managing your account. Should I be back registered? Should I not? Exactly. And then to find out among all of this stuff, go to market strategy, building a community, building your product, your sales strategy, your marketing strategy. <laughs> oh fuck! Now I'm also a content agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how yeah. am I going to have time for that? You know, no, it's true. It's true, and. and yeah. you know, it's it's always going to be changing. I'm sure in the next few years we, we also have to be a tech company by default as well. You yeah, yeah. Products to build your own platforms because that's just where things are. So yeah, man, there's there's almost so much to learn. But what what I really enjoy out of it is because there's so much to learn. You know, yeah. learn new things. It teaches you new skills, and you just have to adapt. You know. I mean, look to make this comparison to, to the music industry again. Like I remember seeing when. You know, uh, production was, you know, traditionally used to be in studio and then suddenly people had the tools to do it in-house. Well, what happened was you suddenly started seeing artists who were able to manage themselves, to market themselves, to sell yeah. themselves, produce yeah. their own music, write their own music. The ones that could do it all, amazingly successful. Like Ren is the example I made up earlier. He's a great mm -hmm. example of someone who's done it all himself, makes his own yeah. videos blah, 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 yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like that is the level of skill set you need to be a founder, to be an entrepreneur, is you, you need to be able to not necessarily do everything really, really well. Mm. You need to have a base level understanding and not be afraid to, to try, try all these different things and, you know, then recognize what you're good at, what you're not so good at. And as you grow, delegate the shit, exactly. the stuff that you're not good at and then be yeah. like, you know. But I mean, that, that for, for what you just mentioned there is very important because you can't tell somebody what to do if you don't know what to do. You know, with us, we've done every single part of our business. We yeah. understand it enough to pass on tasks to people that are better than us that can also improve it. But without you knowing every aspect of your business from the beginning, you may not know later because people are behind this stuff and you'll be able to trust your team to a certain degree that you won't have to think about it. But without you knowing how your business works, you're not going to be able to explain it to anyone. You won't know who to hire because yeah. what are they going to be doing? And that's the most difficult thing about running a business in the earlier stages is you just, there's so many unknowns. It's, it's yeah, like it hard. Yeah, I mean, not only about the business and about whether or not it succeed, your customer base, but about yourself. Yeah. You know, you don't really know what you're good and not good at in the beginning yeah. because yeah, you haven't yeah. done any of it. And so yeah. it's really difficult. And it's very difficult to take criticism as well early on because you, you're in that mood of, think, you know, I can do it all. Well, sometimes yeah. some people are the complete opposite, but you yeah. know, um, but most of the time, if you're if you're crazy enough to start your own business, you're usually quite arrogant in the yeah, sense yeah, that yeah, you yeah, think yeah. I can do it, I can yeah. do anything I want. There's a level of, of arrogance, yeah. yeah. And so, if someone says to you, "No, you can't," like you'll take that pretty personally. Like 100%. you, know, you yeah. have to learn yourself yeah. that you can't do it. You're yeah. not going to really pay attention to other people. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, and and that and that's why it's it's interesting because starting a business and then actually building a business two different things, two yeah, different 100%. things of you is needed. Because yeah. when you start, 
yeah, they're not listening to people. The stubbornness is great, but it only gets you to the building stage. Yeah, yeah. And then you need to start listening. <laughs> listening, yeah. But, yeah. but I think it's always very, 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 very important to have a foundation as a founder or as a business owner, or whatever, to make sure that you understand who you are, who what who you are, what you are, and what you can and can't do. Those things mm. are like immutable. That's just as a as a human we need to know that yeah 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 yeah. Once a bit of introspection that, a bit of a bit of um checking out your own ego examining examining it and yeah yeah, yeah i agree yeah. I, that's why a lot of for a lot of very young entrepreneurs i speak to like i've spoke to some 16 17 18 year old uh you know budding entrepreneurs that have these ideas and so on sometimes some of the advice i give not always but sometimes is don't pursue this go and get a job in a startup yeah. Because actually, you, yeah. you, you know, yeah, like you, you, because of this idea, while it might be okay or, or kind of good or, you know, maybe even great, like yeah. you're not going to have the tool set to be able to execute this right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah. And that's okay because, like, oh, you know, but what if some other people create the ideas? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if, if it's you that's doing the idea, that's because plenty of people create competitive businesses all the time. You, you just, you, you're a great example of that. Like what you're doing isn't you're not offering services that haven't been offered before. Yeah. But you're offering them in a different way. Yeah. You and your approach is what's unique about it. 100%. So like you say, oh well, you know, I want to do it now before it's too late. Other people are gonna do it, whatever. So it's all right, calm down. If yeah. You want to do it, do it properly. Regardless. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so, there's always that saying it doesn't matter who did it first, there's a matter of uh, who did it best. Exactly, exactly. Which is important. Yeah. Otherwise, if that was the case, half of the businesses no, we'll wouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we wouldn't do nothing. Because yeah. you know, most businesses are built because someone saw something and thought, mm, you've done that, but you haven't quite done it right. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna try. Yeah, that's exactly how but it goes. No one's gonna go out and maybe try and build the next Google, but no. like there are some businesses that are kind of uh, bulletproof, but like yeah, yeah, for yeah, the most yeah. part, it's well, it, I mean, it's, chat, chat GPT did they tried well, to, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, similar, so yeah, you know, They've approached it in a different way but the thing is i think google will ultimately, no, ultimately yeah, yeah. win in a way because they'll just absorb that and, they've, been, and, they've been around for so long that yeah they've they've, they've learned so much during that time like some businesses are, are almost like that saying too big to fail like they well have you seen the, show, the showcase they released a few months back about what they're going to be doing with uh, ai and God, no i don't think so Crazy. Yeah, in, no. in Google Workspace, they're going to be doing some insane stuff. Like, I mean, think, think about so. Think about how much information and data that Google has. That's not going to go to waste. They're going to, they're, of course, they're going to figure it out. And so many businesses are built on, like my business is built on, you know, the Google infrastructure with Google Workplace. Like, yeah. and they, they were showcasing how, you know, in any of their um, tool sets, so, you know, in, in Google Sheets, Google Docs, whatever, there'll be a built-in AI assistant. And, you know, you imagine being able to just, you know, go in Google Drive and just being able to say, uh, you know, what's our policy on, you know, uh, paternity leave? And it just brings it up. It finds your document. It brings it up. Like, yeah. That's what it's going to be like. And so... That's yeah. going to be hugely powerful. That will completely transform the way organizations, you know, run. access and run their information and add to their information. Like, it's just going to be, yeah, I mean, it's going yeah. to be big, I think. And that's what people really want, I think, out of AI for business. It it's not quite there yet. The, the, I think, so this is it's funny because I was asked this in, in, um, in the interview recently and it was about, like, why... Um, I think the other question about why Web3 kind of hasn't hit or blockchain hasn't hit how mm. it was expected to. And I, com I compared it to AI, you know, because 
blockchain was meant to change the business landscape and change everything and make everything more transparent which is great that's that's great but what i looked at is artificial intelligence is such a big hit because it actually has use cases in business and in life like, it actually has use cases where i might not know how to write this but i might have writer's block or something this will write something that will trigger me to write something else like people actually have real use cases and businesses are looking at coupling that with automation making things easier saving time and actually making them more effective as a business mm. as with blockchain i feel like it still has a place i feel like web3 still has a place but i think the most important asset that blockchain has is nfts the reason why i say that is because nft the way it's being used now is okay it's a bit questionable everyone thinks it's yeah. but i look at it from the brand um communication perspective the way nike has used it the way starbucks has used it they have used it to you know be more personal with their community mm -hmm. and if you have this token x y and z you know it's it just makes sense like you want to build your brand your 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 community you can build a community on there and also offer incentives and keep people engaged through using that as a vehicle to do so mm -hmm. it's one thing that you make it easier and even in order to be able to use the web for you have to be able to make it um transition through web to enable products like through your phone through your through your computer whatever that's still web two you still need to build that integration so mm. yeah like the that was the big problem with web three is, is accessibility yes right? and and it was it was so you know friction heavy yeah for anyone who yeah. didn't really understand an enormous amount of it and and those that didn't understand an enormous amount got screwed over you yeah got scammed yeah. like so many people got burned by it you exactly. know? and so like for me it's a combination of things with, with web three and nfts and blockchain and all that especially with this in landscape of nfts mm. like you know, it wasn't regulated, still isn't regulated well. Mm. And so people are, you know, grifting and scamming all over the place. Yeah. The accessibility level of it was terribly, terribly poor and still is. Mm -hmm. Whereas then you look at AI, LLMs and uh, stable diffusion have been around for ages, mm. really, really long time. But all mm -hmm. ChatGPT was, they were like, well, let's make an interface where anyone can use it. Yeah. Let's make it accessible yeah. and make it easy to understand and yeah. make it safe. Yeah. they did that and then suddenly it blew up and now obviously we have people replicate it yeah. so i think you know blockchain uh, could learn a lot from that yeah 100 but the, you know the biggest issue there is unfortunately that it's tied with money and yeah. so naturally there's going to be a lot of issues there that need regulation and, and so on i agree but, yeah yeah I, I i'm very i'm very dubious about the direction that I can go in i think there are some applications that for me you know, blockchain has behind the scenes from a technological perspective that are far more beneficial than, say, something like AI, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. which is more customer facing. But <laughs> even then, they're yet to be properly explored, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the timestamp and authentication piece is great. You know, yeah. I, think, I think that can be used. But all of these things are, I look at it as like backend stuff, you know, they still need yeah. an interface to kind of make it usable, even for a backend infrastructure it's yeah. still like all over the place to be able to use it you still got to build it well, that's that's the problem of decentralization yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, it's a great idea in theory but it's a bit like the idea of anarchy it's just like you know yeah. everything is all that's over the place and no one yeah. who's in control of it who's yeah. going to create the rule book for how yeah. it's, it's it's managed and yeah. and that's the inherent problem with something that isn't managed by anyone yeah. in particular it's open for abuse mm -hmm. and yeah you can argue that over time any any uh, unordered system slowly becomes ordered but yeah. that's happened to a degree and it just so happens it's become ordered in ways which aren't always 
um, which are sometimes malicious. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, you unfortunately. Know? I think, you know, it's, it's a great tool for community. Um, mm. And I think that that can definitely be explored in terms of, you know, saying that a whole country is going to run on that is, is very ambitious. I'm not going to say that it can't happen. It's just very ambitious. Yeah. It looks like something that's a waste of time for me to try and figure out or for someone to try and figure out how a company can run on that because it doesn't mm. really make sense. If we're looking at AI now, if we're looking at AI, we're looking at Internet of Things, those two come together, like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Mm. Uh, but I still... I Go on. Uh, there's probably some crossover as well. Like, you know, there's a big conversation in AI about uh, copyright, you know, and mm. ownership and stuff like that. And then, yeah, of course, yeah. blockchain has a large, you know, part in in safeguarding yeah, that. Yeah, there, yeah. There, there's got to be some crossover, there, especially when it comes to artwork and you know yeah. things like um, the rights to someone's voice in music yeah. or the rights to someone's uh, uh, likeness and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, got yeah. to be something that that can be done there to in yeah, collaboration. Yeah, no. but, but you know the problem is though as well as you know in in the world of investing as well especially is you know it's not sexy to talk about blockchain anymore no. it's not sexy to talk about web3 anymore now the sexy thing to talk about is ai yeah yeah exactly. so it's not going to get the money which yeah. means you know the, we're probably not going to see this investment anymore probably not yeah in the same I mean, way that female founders in the medical world have been burned as a result of uh of, of what is called that company um i've got the name of it now uh theranos you know, mm. uh, you know, uh, Web three and NFTs have been burnt because of the the scammy nature of MS, MFT, uh, NFTs. So it's yeah, like, exactly. you know, it's it's trends, it's fashion. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's, it's it's almost like that whole dot com phase, right? Because even companies yeah. that, that were talking about, yeah, I'm gonna do so much stuff in Web three. I've now, you know, they killed that Web three project. Now they're just focusing on the yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You're just clout chasers moving from one thing to the next, basically. Exactly, yeah. You know, when, <laughs> when, when the when the whole stuff was happening, I saw it and I was like, I don't see even because I have to think for wholesale. If you know any new thing that comes, you have to look at future proof in your business, right? Mm -hmm. so I'm looking at it like, I don't see any. The most thing that we can do is add a payment system. Like we can't, mm -hmm. we can't. So you can use your crypto, but. It doesn't. What else can we do? Like, I'm not yeah. going to add blockchain to a domain, or maybe like, does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's pretty timestamped already. We don't really need to think about that. You know, so, I've I've seen some great. I've spoken to some great founders on this this show. You know, last season, and and there was a couple I spoke to that are implementing aspects of Web three and blockchain into their business mm -hmm. in very smart ways that are coming yeah. up in future. Yeah. Um, and one of them in particular that really stood out to me, um, where he's talking about uh, essentially making people's career history, uh, mm. putting the people's career history in the blockchain, so it's verified yeah, yeah, that yeah. these people have yeah. actually worked in these That's places. The need for that, yeah. yeah. And there's something there's something there about actual individual identity and verifying truth mm. in what people say and claim, especially when it comes to their experience and their knowledge or education, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting because yeah. when you talk about like some of the big issues facing the world today truth or the lack of truth yeah. is a really big one and people just being able to claim to be an expert or claim to have experience so not just in the work you know he was focusing more specifically on the workplace and yeah. so people could verify people's experience but actually broader than that i think that's one area which could be really beneficial to mankind i agree it's just being able to verify like you know this person claims they went and studied i don't know psychology and uh, university yeah. yeah, and so is their opinion on Twitter valid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, no. like this person's talking about the, the problems of vaccines. 
do they have any qualifications in that area? Like, yeah, can yeah. we check? You know, there, there is there's definitely a big a big need for that authentication piece, and that's why that's mm. that's so important. And I think you know, just like how things work, we need great founders to come in and make that happen. Because yeah. I don't have the time, you don't have the time. We're already mm. tied up doing stuff. But one of the great things that we have working with new founders and new businesses, etc., is that we work with new founders, new businesses. Yeah, yeah. So we we are always going to be a part of this new um new things that's happening. We're always going to be at the cusp of it, which is yeah. great. So it's exciting, yeah, yeah. Be able to, you know, help them in, in, in one way or the other to kind of build their business. So, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's it's one of the main reasons I love doing what I do. I just get so pumped speaking to people about you know who are passionate about something and excited, yeah. and it rubs off on you, right? Yeah, you know, no, it it does. and it, it gets it gets you out of bed in the morning and wants you to run your own business and the same with the yeah, same yeah, passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm moving. That's why. Yeah, I'm moving. Go on. Yeah, that, that's why one of the the, thing, the the number one pieces of advice I always give to first time founders is to go out and meet other founders because yeah. actually that 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 sort of infectious that um, energy. Yeah, that energy is infectious. And, and let's face it, like, I don't know what it was like for you sort of coming up as, a, as an entrepreneur, but, you know, for me and for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs I speak to or founders I speak to, that a lot of their friends aren't in that mindset, no, right? No. So, like, you don't really have anyone you can sit down and relate to in, in the things that you're going through and talking about. Like, otherwise, you'd still tell them, like, like, you know, if you say, like, oh, I'm about to go, I'm going to quit my corporate job that pays 200K a year to pursue this thing, they'll be like, don't do that. No, <laughs> that's not what you need that. to hear yeah, it's crazy. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. what you need to hear is you can do it yes i yeah. believe in you have you thought yeah. about this like i know someone that can help with that and oh, that's yeah, what yeah. you get from a network of founders you know yeah. who are all just as fucking crazy as you are yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah no you're, you're definitely right because what one of the things that i've seen is is like i can't have you have different conversations with different people so mm. for example, like I said, Kevin, um, he's one of our board members. Like when I told him that, oh yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go into this full time, he was like, You're you're probably gonna have to because the only way that you can really think about your business and really make your business work is if you throw yourself wholeheartedly into your business. Right. Whereas if I call mom and said, Mom, I'm gonna quit my quit my job and focus on this <laughs> thing that makes no money, would you should be like, Are you crazy? Like, yeah, yeah. You've got mouths to feed, you've got yeah, bills like, to pay. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, she would have good conversation with me about that but that's it because friend, friends and family are emotionally invested in yeah. what it is you're talking about whereas you know advisors or, or other founders they're not they're talking about yeah i mean they'll have some consideration to that yeah but it will be mostly practical it will be you know based on on what is achievable and what is logical and what they believe of your skill set and things yeah. like that you know? yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah. I, I was i was very fortunate because my partner you know she um she's done amazing stuff where she's in you know she's building a hotel in africa like she's taken risks oh, wow. um she's done yeah she's done she's done a lot of stuff she's had an exit as well from a business like she's done a lot of stuff and she's only like 25 now um oh, it's amazing. and like so when i was talking to her about doing this she was like you're not going to be happy unless if you do this you know and that's crazy because if again if i call any of my friends that like, they'll be like Oh, just there where you are, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're very lucky. You've got a you've got a woman there that has that mindset. Yeah, already she knows, and she knows you. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So exactly. she knows if you don't do this, you'll be miserable. And at the end of the day, that's not conducive to the family. No, like no, to have no. a miserable husband and father. No, you know. Are no. you sorry? Are you married? I just assumed you're married. No, yeah, not yet. Oh, yeah. No, oh, okay. Yeah. You got plans then? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Are, what are you guys engaged, or is it just? Uh, not yet not yet not yet there was there was we've been how long have we been together now since like 2019 oh, okay so yeah i think yeah we still got 
obviously we've got a son now that's definitely on the cards there's just been so much happening yeah no one's really thought about because she's obviously 50 50 in hostel without without her there'll be no hostel so you know she put 50 percent of the money up and i was actually buying hostel so yeah she's very much integral Right. Right. So key investor yeah. exactly yeah so we're doing stuff together you know we do we do we've got three other businesses that we run together uh, oh. and yeah so there's just a lot happening but we'll, yeah, yeah. we will get the time at some point to get our lives and just keep that. it simple I yeah, think yeah. if you're going to do it, keep it so because there's enough complexity. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, I, I work with a uh, founder who got married pretty recently, and he explained to me that it was like running a, a whole other startup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so, yeah. it was a, it wasn't a small wedding they did, and I was like, well, that's where we went wrong. We just did a small yeah, yeah. one. Like, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm with that small, this, a small but a small and big wedding, almost because I only want people there that really wish me well in my wedding. Right. Don't really wish me well. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We we had um we had a wedding uh in this place. It was somewhere near Kent, I think it was, mm. and it was like a forest wedding. We always because we love you know festival. Well, we used to go to festivals and stuff. We haven't been for many years, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, we wanted a festival theme, so it was like you know uh, luxury camping and then a, a campsite next Ooh. to it. We had like a cabin and stuff. Okay, like open fires and oh. like it was it was just so amazing. Yeah, nice. And it's like it was simple. Like yeah. they, it was great as well because then you just organize everything. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, food, flowers, and everything. We just got like a couple of bands and a DJ. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it was it was incredible. So like, yeah, you don't have to do crazy no. to have an amazing experience. And everyone that has been still talks about it to this day as like unique and different. It's and, the experience, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's an amazing experience. Yeah. yeah, and we wanted festival food as well. So like, yeah, you know, wow. curried goat and like um uh you know jerk chicken and like yeah. sword swordfish and like that's the kind of stuff you would get if you went to a festival yeah you know and you it was that experience yeah, yeah, no, that's beautiful. yeah yeah it was good yeah. which so is that would be my advice go for something go for something small but unique yeah meaningful that's yeah that. exactly Very exactly meaningful. i love that yeah i love yeah. that but but hey man no rush no rush you yeah got, no. you know at the end of the day you do it when you're ready you know yeah. Yeah. you got any plans for any more kids definitely i think um I think that's always that's always going to be a kid. I think right now we have four kids plus plus our real kid, so we want to make sure that we <laughs> we get we get part. We need we need to get past a certain point. I think yeah, we yeah. start we start thinking about that again because I think you know adding another month now is just not going to be it's not going to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. How old is your son now? Two. He's oh, he's two, two now. Okay, he's yeah, yeah. in a couple of weeks. So yeah. Amazing. Fatherhood is, as a, or parenthood as a whole has a lot to answer for with, when it comes to the way that you perceive yeah. the decisions you make in life as well. Like, I don't think people always talk about it, but I don't think it's really it done that. justice. Yeah, yeah, like actually what happens in your brain is really difficult to explain. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some serious like change, chemical changes that occur there, right? You start thinking differently, definitely, because now yeah. you, you have a whole... Like it's funny because when me when when my son was born, um, I was you know we went for him to come like it was great, great. You know, once he was born, he was actually going home. When we got home, I was like, wow. So this this baby, this person is actually going to rely on us for every single thing because he can't move, he can't walk yet, and he actually relies on us for everything. That's like, that's that's a whole new thing. It's different from having a pet or any, like you actually have a human being that yeah. can't think for themselves. That's like a whole different ball game. So 
you know, you definitely switch the way you think. Because we've all obviously had responsibilities from young, but this is a different level of responsibility where you have somebody's life in your hands. It is the highest level. I mean, it, it, there's almost something kind of divine about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And 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 oddly, you know, yeah, like god almost godly about it. It was yeah, like you suddenly have the, that level of of responsibility and control yeah. and and. And and it, it, like going back to what you were saying, or what we were saying about like how you need to examine yourself, like mm -hmm. it does that at a, such a level because you're like, wait a minute, my flaws mm -hmm. will imprint onto this young man or young woman. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I have to be hyper aware of my flaws and do whatever I can to improve them just as much yeah. as I, I need to, to guide this person through life. Which is a big thing, you know, bad habits, things like that. Especially when I touched, when I reached 30, I was like, the next 10 years i definitely want to make sure that i really improve and work on myself you know because mm. these the years between like once a kid is born or even before they're born so they're about seven eight they're going to just be recording and learning everything and, and yeah how, how sponge, you make right? them, yeah how you make them feel how you make the, the your significant other feel the one you had the kid and things like that is all going to be a factor in how they shape and grow their life so mm -hmm. i'm now super hyper aware of that and any bad habits that I have, I'm just trying to kill them as soon as possible and replace mm -hmm. them with good ones because there's nothing to kill it. Now, without replacing, they'll just come back. So, yeah, then that void as well with, with with good stuff and learning more and just trying to understand more about myself and, and things like that, so that I can pass on the right things, you know. Because that's mm -hmm. like you don't think about that. I wasn't thinking about it when I was having a kid, but once we had the kid, I was like, oh wow, like, I really need to think about this. Yeah, and and prepare them for the world. Like that's the thing as well, which I think you know we, we we somewhat think about but actually when you really sit down and think about it it's mm -hmm. it's far more complex like yes it's you've got to instill a certain set of values and, and like you like we we're saying you know um, make sure they're absorbing the right things and so on but actually you, what you're doing beyond that is i think mm -hmm. jordan peterson for all of his faults and you can have whatever opinion you want on the man yeah. like um but like he, he made a really good uh uh sort of comment when he talked about the the idea of parenthood is essentially to create like a micro version i'm paraphrasing him but yeah, to create yeah. like a micro version of the world mm -hmm. so that so mm -hmm. that you you know so if they behave in a way that isn't appropriate you call them out on it if yeah, they yeah. you know if they act annoying you let them know they're being yeah. annoying or whatever it yeah, might yeah. be or you know yeah. because the world is going to do that times 10 so if you just 100%. if you don't expose them to how the world is going to treat them in any way by the time yeah. you send them out there they're going to be destroyed you have to be really and that's a, yeah. And yeah and that's a very difficult thing to do and it's a very difficult thing to do i think when you're if you're a, a, a single parent you know, for example, because you know, you 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 choose to pick the battles that you want to pick. Like my mum raised me pretty much single-handedly, yeah. and I I know for a fact that she she you know got to a point I was a pain in the ass as a kid, yeah, yeah. and I I know for a fact that if you're on your own, you're going to pick your battles. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But actually, you do want to call out every single thing, but it's exhausting it to do that. But yeah. if there's two of you, you can yeah. give each other yeah. energy. You can say I, we're doing the right thing. This is I difficult. Agree. It's tough. But yep. it's the right thing, yep. you know. And I, I had to learn the hard way in my early twenties. You know, like, yeah. oh, you know, my teenage years. Oh, okay. Like, no, yeah, you will, you will. You know. She did a good job. She and, she and to be fair, I think she, 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 um, you know, she, she did more. She picked more battles than she most would. You know, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, to, but it's hard, man. That's why it's a, it's a team effort. For yeah, sure. it's, it is. It's definitely a team effort, man. I think, I think you know, I think one of the most important things is you know having a kid and wanting to have a kid when you do have a kid it's like whether you two are together or not that child shouldn't feel that 
you know, because yeah. all of you need to be come, need to come together to be able to provide that kid that balance that they need, um, mm. which is always always a big thing because without that balance, is like you might you might be good at something, which is just true in, in everything almost in life. Is that with your partner or with your um, kid's mother or whoever, you're gonna need to realize that okay, I might be good at discipline, I might be good at showing love, etc. So how do we come together to make sure that you know you need to make these decisions together because mm. people don't make those even before you that way before you even have a kid, you need to have having those conversations because yeah. spouse, things like that. You don't want to be arguing with your around with your significant other or whoever about your kid. Um, or what they should and shouldn't be doing because you guys are misaligned. Like yeah. all these things are, are very important. And you know, how it affects your kid is is astronomical because there's certain behaviors that I have that I don't know why I have it. And I'm trying to figure it out. But I now have to think about was it because my parents did X, Y, and Z? Is that why I do X, Y, and Z? Like you, you just don't know. And then mm going through that deep journey that you end up realizing okay cool so because my parents did this it probably made me want to do x y and z because but then you still don't really understand you're still trying to dig deeper and deeper and deeper, and deeper. It's a lot of it's guesswork but yeah you're, yeah you're trying to you're trying to do the best you can in in, in, a, in yeah. an, analyzing it and, yeah. and breaking it down yeah you won't always get it right no. you know but yeah man it's tough but um Look, we're we're coming towards the end of of uh, uh, of the podcast, um, but I wanted to to end with asking you. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about um, about some of the things you do when working with founders and so on. But like, I like to find out from my guests what um, what do you see as sort of some of the biggest challenges as they are now for for individuals starting their own business, and what sort of advice would you give out there? Because you've got you know a ton of experience. You've, you've yeah. been been through some tough periods some high periods some low periods like what mm -hmm. what what do you think you've got that you can put out there um that might be useful for people to hear because you know a lot of people listening to this are, are founders or first-time founders so mm -hmm. I'd be curious um, to know what you think i think one of the most important things about a business that you need to that you need to figure out early on is one how you're going to fund the things that you need um and also um how that business is then going to make money because i think one of the things that i've realized even for myself is i didn't really know how my business was going to make money for a long time um and one thing that i've realized has killed a lot of businesses is people tend to dive into things that they don't really understand um whereas you know, I've come from a tech background. I have a tech business, kind of makes sense. Whereas people I've seen, you know, have maybe uh maybe a footballer background and they're going into architecture. It's mm -hmm. like these are different things. You need to really hold like you need to really figure out if you're like the founders that I've seen that have done really well are founders that have a background in what they're doing. So if you've if you've been a doctor, you then know about the medical field. You can create a medical business because you understand how everything works. Like those make those three things, you know, figuring out how you're gonna fund the things you need because you're gonna need to spend a lot of money, whether you like it or not. You're gonna need to spend money. Either you find that money. I, I'm not gonna advise anyone to take a loan or take an investment, hundred percent, because I didn't do it myself. So I wouldn't advise you to do that, but whatever your main income is or whatever incomes you have you need to then figure out how you're going to budget that to fund the things you need 
mm-hmm. figure out how your business is going to make money because you're essentially you're making an investment. That's what mm-hmm. you're doing. Like people don't count the sense of investors. For me, I'm an investor first. That's where I came from. That's like one of my earliest experiences with business is investing because I've, I've been investing, even though I haven't maybe not been a, like an official investor, but I've been investing from a very young age because I've understood that if you invest something, you need to figure out how you're going to get back out of it mm. like what, or how that is going to work for the long term. So and, and over what period of time and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You need to know these things. So that money aspect is very important because ideally I've seen founders that don't want to spend money and end up crashing because they don't know what to do next because you need money to figure out things. That's the truth. You need money to find people to help you. You need not all the time, but you may need money. You need to figure out if you don't have a business that's going to make money off or going to be a business, people won't want to help you because they're going to be wasting their time. They need to figure out what makes your business um, what's going to make a business big or make it a business that I'm, I'm going to be interested in to be able to even leverage some form of equity or whatever, because there's no point having equity in nothing, because mm-hmm. you might not need to pay somebody as a staff member, but they need to believe in your vision. They need to understand what you're going to do. You need to be super clear about what you're doing. And that's, that's another thing, having that clarity on what your business is, what your business does, what you want to achieve with that business, what your vision, your mission all of those things are very important because you can start and then get to a point where it's like, okay, I don't really remember why I started this. Mm. You know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Who am I trying to help? What is, and these things should be easily answerable. If somebody comes to ask you a question, what does your business do? Who are you trying to help? All these like qualifying questions, even as an investor, if they ask you those questions and you don't know, that means you're not running a business that you understand. That's a very big, very big issue. You need to understand those things to be able to build your client acquisition strategy, your marketing strategy, all that stuff, because it's already built in your ethos, your architecture, mm-hmm. your branding. You understand, I'm a business that is for this person. I'm going to go here. Super clear. That's it. Don't make it confusing. Just make sure you understand what you're doing and you can build out from that. Do you think that's ultimately why all of these other ventures that you were thinking about starting, you didn't start, you know, like the food shop, uh, the food, the, the food truck, you know, all these everything, because yeah. you, actually that's not your experience. And so you started looking into them and just realized there's a wealth of things I don't know here. I'm not comfortable with. Let's mm-hmm. go with what I know. Do you think that's what stopped that? Or was there some other force there that stopped that? I think for me, um, I need to be passionate about something because that passion is what's going to make me stay up 24 hours a day trying to make it work without that i don't have a drive that passion is my drive and that's what's going to make me really do something um for example i went we went to france i have i don't know i don't really know understand any french either since like then because i don't have a passion to learn it that's the truth my mm. partner's been trying to teach me her family members are trying to, i don't have the passion to learn so i'm not yeah. going to do it that's that's it <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, yeah that's almost an obvious thing to say, but it's very yeah it's very true yeah. and it's worth it's worth saying like unless you're unless you're all in, you're just not gonna nothing's yeah. gonna go in. Like, yeah. It's just gonna bounce straight off. So yeah, yeah it's if, you're starting, if you're starting a business to want to make money, just forget because mm-hmm. you might as well just go and do something else that makes money quicker. Because starting a business, you need that you need to really have. I don't even know what to what to call it, but you need to really have something that will make you want to do it so much. There's such a driving force that you don't care how long it takes for you to make anything. You just want to make it work. You want to really serve the people that are trying to serve. And that's what will bring the success after. Because yeah. 
you saying, okay, I want to make 100K a year doing that, you might as well just learn a skill that will take you to make that. Right? Mm. It's really that simple. Having, having said that, I've met a few people in my career, in my mm. life, that mm. have taken the other route. And actually, they've been, but, that, but their determination and passion is about making money. Yeah. And so, oh. whatever they decided to do, they would make it successful. Money. Yeah, 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 because it's they're driven and they're like mm -hmm. and so and and they've created businesses in something that they don't really have a huge amount of interest in but they just know that it works yeah, you know? yeah. so like we hear about that quite often online you know people talk about you know starting a side hustle whatever yeah, find yeah. something that's automated or whatever and yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. like there is there is an element of just uh boring businesses i think they call yeah, it right yeah, yeah, running yeah. a boring business um, yeah. of something that just does what something very very simply very very well mm -hmm. and just scaling it but you still yeah. need to have a level of passion and determination so to make it successful. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. if it's not for the thing that you provide, you yeah. still need to have the passion for yeah, the process. And I, I think agree. that's that's important, isn't it? Is loving yeah. the process. Yeah. Because there's elements of every business that you don't enjoy. No. Like I, I hate sitting down and doing my accounts and my invoices. <laughs> Right, I can't stand it. I want to be speaking with clients and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, you know, there's plenty of parts of the business that I can't stand, and I'm sure you can't stand either. Yeah, but yeah. you need to love the process. Yeah. If you love the process, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. You, know, you just. I think what's what's really true there. What's at the core of that is you still love what you do. So mm -hmm. even if you just want to make money, you love making money. That alone will spare you ahead to do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know. To, to some degree, that that side is definitely an, an anomaly because some people just kind of have that thing in them. Yeah. So it's that someone that does sales, you know, they can sell anything. So they have. But it's that. like what you said earlier. It's like you needed to prove it to yourself. Yeah. That you could do it, and I think that's a really important thing. Because as soon as you're trying to prove it to someone else, no, it doesn't work. But if yeah. it's you that you're trying to prove, like, you know, I can do this because if I know I can do this, or I, you know, I need to prove that I can. That's mm -hmm. that's a strong motivation, and especially um, if you're thinking to yourself, "Well, I need I need to do this uh, with an open mind to because I also need to learn and mm -hmm. I need to get better at it." Like mm -hmm. that's a strong, powerful thing too, because then there's an excitement of the unknown of what are you going to learn and you yeah, because otherwise it's monotonous and no one likes monotony. No, no, yeah. No, Sorry, no. I kind of hijacked your. Uh, answer. No, 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 it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah. But no, it's a good, yeah, it's a great, great answer. I, I think you're absolutely right. Just, just, just sitting down and and, and understanding the fundamentals, right? Yeah. How am I going to make money? How am I going to fund this? Yeah. Those are some really good practical first steps to take. I can't, um, I can't express how many funders I've spoken to, and I'm like, you know, not even for our services, but just in general, like this is going to mm -hmm. cost this much. These things are going to cost this much, and they're like, oh, you know. Do we have to do that? It's like, what would you mean? Like, do, you, yeah. do this business or not? You know, like, I can tell you what we've done. I've done X, Y, and Z. I've used this place. I've used that place. I've used this. I've used that. I've used that. You don't need to use the same thing, but you need to figure about, oh, no, is there a free version? It's like, you know, I, I probably can't help you because mm -hmm. you don't want to invest. If you don't want to invest in your own thing that you're doing, then I, I can't. I, I can't figure out how I'm going to help you there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very true. And I've been in that position plenty of times too. Yeah. Well, look, let's wrap it up, man. It's been a yeah. pleasure speaking with you. Uh, that, Likewise. Yeah. Like I said, when we first spoke ages ago, like these two hours fly by, you'll be surprised. And it has. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I caught the time like about 50 minutes ago. I was like, really already? Yeah. Um, but look, uh, yeah. What have you got planned for the rest of the day? More work. More work. <laughs> yeah. we need to, we need to our, our that was a stupid book. question to ask yeah, about. I'm reading this book, Traction. Oh, okay. Very interesting, interesting book. Um, yeah. And I'm currently answering these eight questions. I'm not sure if you're able to see it. 
Um, but there's okay. that eight questions that it's about um, in your vision component, vision interaction organizer talks about what are your core values, what is your core focus, what is your 10 year target, what is your market strategy, three year picture, one year plan, quarterly rocks, what are your issues? Um, we're answering that today um, and then looking at, you know, revisiting that with the rest of the team as well. So me and my partner are doing that. She's our CEO, so she's going to be largely in charge of actually implementing that and, and make, getting the team all on one page and things like that. So, yeah, we're going to need to be answering those questions. That's what we're doing today. Nice. Busy yeah. day then. Busy day. All right, man. well, look, I'll let you crack on with it. Sounds like you've got a lot to do. Um, but, you know, let's keep in touch. Um, and, yeah, thanks for being the first first guests on season two, like letting me warm That's up my, my uh, podcast hosting muscles uh, along yeah. the way. I hope, it, I hope it hasn't been too painful. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. It's been good. It's been good, man. It's good. Been good. And uh, you'll have to come back on again. Like, yeah, in future. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd you know, to hear the updates and how things are going. And, and yeah, catch I, love up again. I love that. It's only when you speak about your, your journey, you realize, wow, this actually happened. Yeah, it's yeah. And, and, it's, okay. and it's something to be incredibly proud of, you know, because what yeah. you've achieved is is incredible. Your story is incredible. And Thank and you. I'll be watching with, with uh, yeah, like a cheerleader on the sidelines. Thank uh, you. So keep up the great work. So, yeah, have a great, great day, great rest of the week, and we'll catch up again soon. See you, man. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching and or listening. Please like, subscribe, and join the conversation in the comments below.